Blog Talk Radio. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Good evening. Uh, Welcome back to the show. I do want to thank my last uh, guest uh, last Tuesday, uh, Brother Jesse Evans. Uh, Great conversation, great show. Uh, You can pick it up uh, just by going into uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Keith Bledsoe, and you can pick up that show or any other show in the archives and uh, just check out the conversations. I think that... Uh, they've been pretty good, and uh, they're going to get better. I'm, I'm learning the craft still, and I'm, I'm working hard. Uh, this is not as easy as I thought it was, but I'm going to hang in there with it. So, uh, Brother Jesse Evans, thanks again. And like I said uh, before, we we got to do it again. There's a lot of things that we didn't get to, uh, but uh, we will get to them on the next go-around, and I look forward to it. So... Uh, What's been happening, man? I've been uh, just kind of kicked back and listening to a lot of things. I've been working a lot on my job and haven't been able to uh, really uh, get on and say what I'd like to say, even trying to get through to uh, the the talk radio shows that I listen to to make a comment has been difficult. So uh, I guess I'll just have to use my own platform to say what I need to say. And uh, you out there are uh, listening and I'm more than welcome to call in and share your thoughts with me also, or with everybody. 
So, uh, by the way, the number would be uh, 718-664-9513. 718-664-9513. Okay, there's a lot of little things that have been going on. No, not little things, some big things, some I consider extremely little. And the smallest one actually has been on the news uh, the most for the past couple of days or so, and that's with this uh, Donald Sterling, uh, the owner of the L.A. Clippers, who spoke his mind and uh, in a private conversation with his hood rat, with his gold digger, in a private conversation, that without his knowledge was recorded, uh, where he said that uh, to the effect that he didn't want black people as, at his games. Now, he said black people. He did not say nigger, as far as uh, my understanding is. He, sa he did say, even in the private conversation, he referred to black people as black people. He preferred them to be not at his games. Uh, he was being honest in a private conversation. Okay, so what's the big deal? Now, I get it that you want to, you know, hey, oh, this old racist pig, this he's a bigot, he's this. Okay, fine. I, I, yeah, I agree. He, he's all that. But when we get to the point to where a person can't say what's on their mind in a private conversation, that's not right. That's not right. He, he was speaking about how he felt about black people. He has blacks all on his team. He has a black coach. So I could see if he had an all-white team, white coach, everybody in the front office was white, which probably is the case because that's the case in, in, in most uh, NBA executive offices. If you look at the demographics of who works with, uh, uh, behind the walls in the executive offices, you better believe it's extremely low representation of black workers. But anyway, how do we penalize someone for expressing themselves and saying what they feel? Now, we don't like what he said. And there's a lot of people out there who are just going through the uh, politi politically correct uh, avenue and uh, uh, saying that they don't like it. Some of these radio shows, sports radio, sports talk, when they feel the same way. Don't believe the hype. Don't fall for the okey-doke. That's bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Now, let me say this too. How many of you who have a problem with what Donald Sterling said about not wanting black people at his games, how many of you have not gone to many places uh, because you didn't want to be around black people? How many of you, when you go to the movies, uh, let's say, for example, uh, you live on the south side of Chicago near 87th and State Street, where you have the black-owned ice theaters right there in the neighborhood. How many of you drive right past that movie theater and go out to Country Club Hills, go out to Hollywood Boulevard, go out to uh, Elmhurst, to Shearville, uh, Indiana, to, to those movie theaters to bypass being around an element of black people who you prefer not to be around. When you look at how we are projected to the world that is contrary to what I believe that most 
of us are about. We have really good people doing great things, but that's not what's projected. What's projected is buffoonery, is ignorance. Uh, a lot of it is true. Uh, we have black-on-black self-genocide going on in Chicago. Uh, you turn on daytime TV, all you see is black folk. And, yeah, there's some white folks, too, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about black people. You see black people acting a goddamn fool. Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, this Steve dude, all these court TV shows that are ridiculous. Court is not a game, and they should make a damn game out of it. Court is serious. If you want to do court TV, then you put the camera in the TVs and, and, and the Cook County Circuit Court buildings and let people see the real deal. Let people see how folks are really treated, how ignorant the, uh, the employees are that work up in there who act like they got the damn power to make an arrest when they are nothing. Look, look at the images that are projected. Look at scandal. All the daytime TVs. I mean, come on. You know, you know, the world sees us as being worthless and nothing, and then we fall into it by loving it and giving them and living up to uh, the uh, a description that those outside of us have taken to believe that we are truly about. And many of us, many black people, are truly about that. We have an element within us who I understand what Donald Sterling was talking about. I mean, if, if that's how he feels, okay, fine. How are you going to penalize him and try to take his team? No. He said that the people have an option to go to the game or not. The players have an option to play for the man or not. It's up to them. The NBA can't do nothing with this man. If they can, they shouldn't. Let the people decide what they're going to do. And as a matter of fact, Donald Sterling represents a hell of a lot of people out there. Believe me, that there are a lot of people out there who ain't about to stop going to the game and they're going to say, right on, Donald, you are being honest, I understand. I don't want to be around those black folks, too. And even some of us black folks, like I said, will bypass certain stops to not be around black people. So how in the hell are you going to uh, uh, jump on him for saying something in a private conversation? What you need to do is look at that hood rat he was with who recorded it. There's more to the story than that. But anyway, if you disagree, give me a call, 718-664-9513. I get it that uh, he is a racist pig and all this. You can call him whatever you want. I can't disagree with that. But the fact that the man simply made the statement he made, okay, but then the choice is on the people. If you don't like it, don't go to the games. you got the sponsors who are pulling out left and right. And what I want to know is if any of those sponsors that are pulling out of uh, the L.A. Clippers, uh, uh, as far as the, their promotions and ads and so forth, I wonder if any of them have ads on Fox News or Rush Limbaugh or the Glenn Beck Show. That's what I want to know. See, because this is an easy target. You got players speaking out now, but you don't have players saying a goddamn thing about the genocide going on in the black community. But when the race button is pushed... Then we go into overreaction. This is ridiculous. This, to me, 
Uh, and I'm open-minded. This is the way I'm looking at it. Uh, what I would say, dude, look, if, 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 as far as I'm concerned, hey, I'm, I, I just won't spend my money there. I won't go to the games. I won't support uh, Sterling and what he does uh, for whatever that means. I mean, I'm not in a position to support him anyway, but those who are in a position that do spend their money, well, they have a choice. And if they want to keep spending their money with this man, then that's their business. Players are going to still play for him. So that's where I'm coming from with this. Uh, we're being hypocritical. Because too many of you black folks are talking all this shit. And you feel the same way about being around black people. And you express it in private conversations with people who you trust. Can you imagine if some of the things you said in private were recorded and busted out on the airwaves so the whole world can hear it? Give me a break. Come on, we, 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 we're bigger than that. We, we can be more mature than that. We have bigger problems out here than this man, 80-year-old man, saying that he would prefer black people not to be at his games. Okay, well, black people don't go to the games. And maybe if enough don't go to the games, maybe it'll force a change. But you can't just punish this man as far as putting, uh, as far as the NBA uh, put, put, putting on a punishment to him. That's up to the people. Under these circumstances, based on what I understand, I also understand the NAACP was about to give this man a Lifetime Achievement Award. Go figure. Lifetime achievement for what? What's behind that? I heard the man has a history of doing devious things as far as uh, uh, pertaining to racism, but the NAA saw fit to give this man a Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I understand that he's been giving out some pretty good donations to the NAACP. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say about that one. If you have something to say about it, call and let me know and school me. My mind is open, and I'm always uh, listening and uh, to come uh, to a better conclusion than I might be at. Maybe there's something I need to know that will help me understand this a little better. But from the way I see it, this is petty, and it does not deserve all the airtime it is getting. It does not make no sense. And then we have people who jump up and say, well... He wouldn't have said that about the Jews. If he had said that about the Jews, the Jews would have done this and the Jews would have done that. And you damn right. They sure would have, and he sure wouldn't have without severe consequences. Well, let's not play the nut roll here. You know, the Jews got something. The Jews mean business. The Jews come together. The Jews don't have the house Negro element that we have within us, uh, within them. They will ban. They have pooled their resources and done everything that we have not done. And they have the leverage to make an individual pay dividends for making such statements. And they have done it over and over and over again. What do we have? You already know. Not a damn thing. What leverage do we have? What form of unity do we have as a people? 
นั่นโซ there you have it we're gonna talk we overreact to uh, when we push the race button but we don't do nothing we talk for a while you know but That, that's that's going to be pretty much the extent of it, and that's unfortunate. And I'm not being negative. I'm just saying this is the way it has been throughout history, except for maybe particular periods of time. And even during those periods, after a time, that waters down to pretty much nothing. When you look at from the Civil Rights Movement of 1964, we've in the last 50 years we've gone backwards, and we too doggone blind to even realize it. Too many people are. So yeah, no, he 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 would not have said this to the Jews, and the Jews would have had something for him. But but us, come on now, let's it's historical. Let's be honest about us as a people, and stop trying to play this little something like uh, we're not really the type of people that we are. We are the type of people that we are, which is why the things uh, that are said. About us and done to us continue to be done. That's why you have a George Zimmerman. That's why you have a Don. That's why you have the, the folks who rolled up uh, Kendrick Johnson in Atlanta and the doggone Jim Matt. Still unsolved. That's why you have a Lavinia Lynn Johnson. Because we have no unity whatsoever. Not even in the damn church. Church ain't nothing but a business. Now, if it works for you, I don't mean to insult. If it works for you, if it's put you on the right track to make you a better person, genuinely, and not just in talk and in fairy tale land, okay, fine. By all means, you stick with it. But you know what I'm talking about. Church is a business. If they were as deep into the so-called holy book, the Bible, as they said, then why are they so doggone many other? Why can't they come together and pool their resources? Maybe if the church could pool resources, the people can. But we want the people and expect the people to unite when the churches can't even do that. It could start small. Like I said last week, get a doggone donut shop and put it up there, and and, and, and get that Dunkin' Donuts out the neighborhood. Get a get a coffee shop and get that damn Starbucks out of there. Find out why in the hell. Uh, as much alcohol as black folk drink, we don't have no liquor stores. Every time you walk in a liquor store, you see Arabs, you see foreigners. What the hell is that about, and how did that happen? I don't think it's because black people have not put in applications for liquor licenses. Liquor stores in the black community should be owned by black people. What happened to the gas stations? Every time you walk into a gas station, you see a foreigner. We buy gas, but in our neighborhoods, there are no black gas station owners. We go to motels. You walk into a motel, the first thing you see is an Indian, Arab, foreign, in our neighborhood, and we allow it to happen. You got a $20 million church right off the expressway four blocks down. You have a Walmart. You mean resources can't be pulled to open up a superstore with the likeness of a, of a Walmart type in our community and let it maybe branch out and uh, franchise? We don't have nothing. 
We go to Florida for conventions. We go to California, wherever we go. We have no hotel. Why don't we have a national hotel that when you do have something going on in Florida, you have a convention hall of your own. You have a hotel of your own, not no little dinky motel. I'm talking about a four-star, five-star hotel with a convention center, with a concert hall. So you can put on your own Essence Festival. Hell, we're the ones providing all the doggone entertainment there anyway. Then why can't it be done in a house of our own? So all this bitching about this damn uh, Sterling, Donald Sterling owner of the L.A. Clippers, to me, is just a bunch of crap. It really is. And we focus on the wrong things. Okay, let's move on to something else. Okay, what do we have here? Okay, yes, uh, the Pope, the Pope. I just happen to be reading, uh, you know, I'm always online looking for news and information. I was on CNN.com and saw that uh, the Pope this past weekend, uh, there was a canonization canonization, uh, uh, by the Pope, uh, I guess that is uh, making former popes into saints. Whatever the hell a saint is, I thought a saint reflected goodness and, you know, who the hell is another human being to canonize someone as being a saint, especially with the history of this particular church? Well, I guess based on the history of this particular church, hell, I should understand. And I'm not just coming down on uh, the Catholic Church. Uh, this is not a prejudice anything. This is, this is, not, a, this is not even personal. This is based on documented facts throughout the history of the Catholic Church. These are facts. This is not Keith Bledsoe making this stuff up. And the facts that have been documented, I have a problem with. Because the church has been a haven for undercover homosexuals and pedophiles throughout its history. It's documented. But we ignore it. We say nothing about it. For whatever reason, Catholic Church has a lot of money. But you know what? If it was another uh, 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 religious group uh, with the same history and background, you better believe they wouldn't exist. So what is that saying? When you have the leader of an organization who has a history, a documented history, of housing and covering up for pedophiles. And I'm not being homophobic and saying that I have a problem with homosexuals. The problem I have with these homosexuals, if they're doing it undercover and they're doing it contrary to what they're teaching the people who trust them and believe them to be otherwise. If you're going to be homosexual, then you come out and say that. You be honest. But we know better than that. So I have a problem with the organization throughout its history. Pedophiles. How many thousands of little boys' lives have this organization damaged? 
thousands upon thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. And girls also. But we hear more about the little boys. We hear more about the homosexual pedophilia. But you still have, in St. Peter's Square, half a million, damn near a million people coming out to worship an organization whose foundation has been within itself and undercover homosexuality and pedophilia. I don't like it. Uh, I'm not Catholic. Uh, if you are Catholic, if that works for you, fine. I know all Catholics ain't into that. Of course not. Let's not pl- don't don't play. Okay, just be real. Come on down and relax. I know all Catholics are not like that. I know all priests are not like that. There are some great, great priests. One off the top of my head, Father Michael Flager in Chicago, Saint Spina Church. Great, great man, great brother, white brother. But he's done more for the black community. He has had no uh, affiliation with that type of uh, 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 with this uh, these actions of these other uh, low down priests. He hasn't been a part of that. He has done all he can more for the black community than the black priests who are in the damn community. And what reward did he get? You got the damn Francis Cardinal George trying to throw him out the damn church when all he is doing is good. Francis Cardinal George, the one who's suffering now uh, physically with an illness, tried to throw Father Flager out of the church when all he's been trying to do is help people. But the pedophiles get cover. This is the same Francis George that tried to throw Michael Father Flager, Father Michael Flager out of the church who uh, said when it had to do with a priest, uh, I believe he was coming on to a uh, young uh, a girl who was not of age and said some kind of stupid-ass comment about, well, it, it's okay if, uh, many of you probably remember this, if not, Google it. If, he, if, he, if she returns the affection, it's not so bad. It's okay, in other words. You, you can find it on Google. Look up Francis Cardinal George uh, returns the affection. Those words will pull up that story about this man talking that bullshit. The same man tried to throw Father Flake out of the church. But anyway, I don't see the big deal about the Pope. Uh, that's just me. I believe that if it was another organization, let's say, for example, uh, the uh, a United Black Church or something like that, let's say the Nation of Islam had a history or had documented uh, uh, incidents of homosexuality and pedophilia, and, and just imagine what the response would be for that. And I'm going to leave that right there, and we're going to move on. Okay, so what's also out there that's been a big Facebook topic is the fact that uh, Time Magazine, which I guess you can consider it, whether you like it or not, a historic and prominent magazine, decides to put Beyonce on the cover and promoting her as one of the most influential 
people. And I, like too many people, have responded to on Facebook says, influential to what and for what and to who and how. It is unbelievable. No, it's not unbelievable. This is the system at work. This is who they want to promote and who they want to have influence our girls and our young ladies to be like. Beyonce is an entertainer and a great one. One of the greatest female entertainers, and I think I think in the history of uh, female entertainers, she is she's a very beautiful young lady. Uh, she is ignorant. She is uh, not intelligent. Not that I'm hating on anybody for being ignorant and unintelligent. Uh, she hasn't said anything uh, to address anything that has to do with anybody. All she does is gets her little scantily dressed ass up on stage, gyrates. Uh, the, the lyrics to her songs, and in some cases, ain't no different than the than the the, the, the gutter uh, hoochie uh, hood rat rap lyrics. I don't see nothing from her, but that's who they want to promote us and our ladies to emulate, to keep them dumb ass down, to keep them shaking their butts, not speaking on anything, no political issues, no nothing. I don't get, Beyonce, great entertainer, but as a person, as someone who's a, a, an influence, yeah, she's an influence, but not the kind of influence I'd want my daughter or granddaughter to emulate. I wouldn't want my daughter to be shit like that lady or what she represents, except, you know, being a good entertainer. Okay, well, okay, fine, but it's a whole lot more to it than that. It should be, at least, but I guess the Time Magazine is not. And that's the same thing for her and her husband and for that whole Illuminati-sized music industry that they represent. It's, it's, it's crazy. This is what the system does. This Time magazine cover, to put her on the cover looking like a damn, as far as I'm concerned, a slut. At least dress her up respectable, make her business-like, and make as though she stands for something other than just being a sleaze bag. And that's just my opinion. But that's my opinion. If you have one, you call in at seven one eight six six four nine five one three and share it. But that's what we fall for. And there's going to be a lot of people and young ladies, girls who are going to see that picture on Time magazine, and they're going to be into it from that right then, right then. They got them. We fall for it all the time. Now contrast that magazine to another magazine that was uh, I saw on my Facebook timeline from a Facebook friend, uh, Mel Cragwell. Uh, the magazine is Africa Forbes Women, with three African women on there who turned a uh, $100,000 into $200 million with their investments. I would rather have my kids emulate that type of black woman 
If you don't know about it, just Google America, I'm sorry, Africa Forbes Women, and you can look at that magazine cover and look at the power and the depth of the power from, that you will feel from the cover of watching these three black women on the cover of this magazine and contrast that to what you see when you look at Beyonce on the cover of Time. And I'll leave it at that. And we're going to just keep it rolling. What I want to do now is uh, take a moment to uh, talk about, uh, as I intend to do often, if not all the time, uh, two great things that are happening in Chicago, two great uh, people who are doing uh, great things right smack dab in the community of Chicago, things that you don't see projected. in the media. And we will be right back. The first great person, great organization I want to tell you about is uh, Tasha C. Joyner. Now, Tasha is spelled in a cute, unique way, T-A-T-I-S-A. C. Joyner, J-O-I-N-E-R. Tasha Joyner, born in Detroit, came up in Pine Hill, Alabama, attended Auburn University. Cancer survivor who in 2008 formed the Tasha C. Joyner Foundation for Cancer Survivors, her with her husband, Charles Joyner. If you have been diagnosed with cancer, if you know someone who's been diagnosed with cancer, I would suggest that you contact the Tasha C. Joyner Foundation. You can contact Tasha at www.ctjoynerfoundation.org. You can call Tasha, 773-326-2300. You can email Tasha at ctjoinerfoundation at sbcglobal.net. Those ways you can contact Tasha. Uh, if you know of someone or if you yourself has been diagnosed, unfortunately, with cancer, you need to contact this organization. Uh, it is an incredible organization uh, in support of cancer survivors. Uh, they have plenty of different programs, uh, plenty of ways to help you, uh, in addition to the moral support and just the genuine love that you'll see coming from each and every uh, individual person that is affiliated with this organization. Uh, the services include health education, professional counseling, personal assistance for health navigation, medical assistance, healthy eating uh, recommendations with a personal chef, uh, wigs and a stylus, uh, bras fitted with personal service, family support services, uh, to and from uh, medical facilities. There's a weekend retreat house, uh, Pink Pillow Talk Retreats, which is a retreat for the uh, ladies to get together and just let themselves wind down and be amongst people who they are totally comfortable and, and, and whereas they can be within a uh, room with nothing but a vibe of, of genuine love. I say again that the Tasha C. Joyner Foundation is who you need to contact if you have been unfortunately diagnosed uh, with cancer or know someone who has. Uh, regardless of the stage, 
get a hold of the that you're in, get a hold of the organization, and then you will see what I'm talking about. Give Tasha a call. You can also uh, go on to the website www.ctjoinerfoundation.org, and you can make a donation. The foundation needs the donations. They need the love. They will supply the love, but the things that the organization is trying to do, unfortunately, uh, cost money, and if we can get together and show some love and show some financial support, uh, there's no limit to uh, the benefits uh, that this organization can put Fourth, two, uh, those who have been diagnosed diagnosed with this unfortunate disease. Uh, they're doing great. They want to do greater. They want to, she wants to do bigger. Uh, she, she's going to eventually, as great as, organiza- as, great as this organization is being uh, run, it's going to outgrow the facilities that they currently have. They're going, to need, they're going to need some space, and they're going to need some love and support from each and every one of us individuals, and from the businesses and the corporations, I ask that you support the Tasha C. Joyner Foundation for Cancer Survivors. And on that note, uh, we will take a, a short break and we will come back right back with more.
Okay, and I'm okay. Uh, we're back at it, and what I want to talk about now is uh, I'll start off in one direction, and it's, and it's going to kind of steer off a little bit. But just hang with me, and you'll see uh, what I'm talking about. I was driving down the uh, expressway on my way back home in Ohio from Buffalo, New York. And as I always do quite often, always, uh, I tune in to iHeartRadio and pick up WVON Chicago and listen to talk radio. This was on Saturday. And I heard about this incident in Chicago where you had a police officer and his wife that had been feuding uh, apparently for years with a neighbor uh, couple, elderly couple, uh, about territory and so forth and boundaries, and that's what it kind of sounded like. Uh, you're stepping on my grass, this and that, so forth. But despite that, it, it ended up where as the, uh, the non-police officer, the one neighbor went and got a shotgun, I guess uh, at the uh, request of his wife. However that went, it doesn't matter where I'm going with this. It doesn't matter. But anyway... He came out and uh, he shot the police officer's wife, who, who was off duty. You know, they're neighbors. They're at home. You know, so it's not in uniform. It doesn't matter anyway. And the police officer uh, was able to shoot the man who shot his wife, and he killed him. Uh, my understanding is uh, the gentleman who was killed's wife went for the gun, and the officer shot her too. Okay, she's still alive. Uh, the officer's wife, who was shot first, she survived. Uh, the officer was, was not injured. Okay, that incident uh, was talked about on a WVON radio talk show. And what really got me is that one of the, uh, I don't know, know which one it was, and it don't matter, but he said something to the effect that uh, if guns weren't available in the way that they are available, that this particular incident would not have happened. And I just kind of, I had to get the neck brace out to keep from shaking my damn head so much because that is the most stupidest ass thing that you could possibly say. You know, some of these people, the anti-gun folks, I am pro, but the anti, the first thing out of their mouths is there are too many guns out there. If guns weren't readily available, well, you know what? Guns has always been available. Guns has always been out there. Guns has always been in the household. That has not changed. What has changed is the mentality of the people. This is not a hardware problem. This is not a gun problem. This is a software problem. This is not a physical issue. This is a mental issue. Damn it. This is how people are thinking, not the fact that they have guns in existence. There's always been guns out there. And if there are more, okay, fine, but you still are talking about a mental problem. Now, my take is this. There are many of people 
who could be alive today had they had access to a gun under certain circumstances. Many of people, I can use the same example I've been using for years, the six, not the five, but the six women in Tenley Park, Illinois, at Lane Bryant's who were taken back into the back of the store, five of whom were executed. There was a sixth woman who survived. So don't tell me if had maybe one of those women been armed that they could have taken that dude out or two had been armed, or three. They would not have just gingerly walked back into that back, and, and as soon as they saw one get executed, you, you know what's happening. Well, if one had just had that chance to defend themselves, perhaps five women wouldn't be dead, and, 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 and you, they wouldn't have a sixth one who's probably you know, mentally dead as far as her thought process for the rest of her life. So it works both ways. It works both ways. And furthermore, the only people who give a damn about the, the law is the law-abiding citizens. The criminals, it don't matter what the law is. Get off that damn bullshit about gun laws. Criminals don't give a damn about the law. Just the law-abiding citizens. So you put them in a position where you have a man, middle-aged man with his wife and his kids or grandkids going to the movies, dinner, whatever, and you're going to tell me that this brother, sister, don't have the right to arm themselves, to give themselves a chance if they're approached by some of these stupid-ass individuals we have in that zombie-like state that exists today? Give me a break. That's stupid. The first thing out these folks' mouths is, is too many guns on the street. No, it's too many ignorant individuals with a zombie mentality as a result of the poisons that have been spewed by the system that are out there. That's what we have too many of. Because as far as I'm concerned, if I had a wife, I would recommend that she get training to be armed so when she goes out there she has a damn chance haven't you folks heard of the damn knockout game folks walking up to you and just winging you out out the blue well maybe you can have somebody walking with their hand in their pocket and when they see this little uh, macho crowd coming that way they can keep their distance but if they see somebody coming, coming in that direction okay well then you do what you have to do to defend yourself and yours I get tired of these lame-ass reasons that the anti-gun people, who I respect you, but make some sense with what you're saying. And if you choose to not arm yourself, to give yourself a chance to defend you and your family, that is your business. That's your business. Then don't do it. Don't arm yourself. Take your ass on out there to wherever you're going. And uh, don't give yourself a chance. What you going to do, take up a karate stance? Throw your drink in his eyes? No, 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 I'm sorry. That's your business. I choose to, to, to be able to have myself in a position where I can defend me 
and defend mine. Period. I don't have. I can't be trying to run. I don't have the stamina for that. Uh, at my age, I'm not. Gonna, I, I don't have time to be trying to fight these young dudes. I got to get this stuff over with quick. If they put me into a defensive mode, to I need to defend me and mine. That I will take care of business, and I have that right. If you want to get out there and uh, just leave yourself open to whatever, good for you. Whatever, more power to you. But but don't take away my right to, to defend me and mine. I'm sick of you and that stupid-ass anti-gun crap. I'm not talking about people just getting out there with guns. I'm talking about people who you got to get a license to drive a car. Then you have to get a license to drive a gun. You have to learn about what you're going to be carrying. You have to be able to take it apart, put it together, whatever it is you need to do. You have to be able to fire it. Accurately, be in control of it. It takes training, just like a driver's license, just like anything else. I'm not talking about just, we don't just take people and put them in cars, give them keys and say, go here, go to the store. No, you have to get a license. Well, the same with guns. But if you don't want one, that's your business. But me and mine, to, to, to protect us and ours, oh, yes, I'm down. I'm down for it. Okay, and I'm going to piggyback off of a topic that a uh, brother who I listen to on uh, Chicago's WVON AM 1690. Uh, when I can, every morning, uh, I try to tune in to uh, Matt McGill, uh, good brother, talk show, uh, great show. But he made a point, and he was talking about uh, these traffic violation fees, uh, pretty much as it pertains to uh, the, the getting caught with these speeding uh, cameras, the red light cameras, and uh, parking meters, and whatever else, you know, that really, uh, as far as I'm concerned, so show you what the city thinks about its people, in particular the, the poor people, and the fact that these aldermen in Chicago. Ain't worth the shit. Now, if you know one who is worth something, let me know. Because the way I see it, the aldermen who vote for these things going on in Chicago ain't nothing but puppets. They are nothing but puppets. Front Street. They don't do nothing. They do what Master tells them to do. You need to wake up to them. But anyway, uh, Matt was saying that... Uh, the point was not only uh, – I mean, you can make justification for having red light cameras and speeding cameras. Okay, you shouldn't run red lights. You shouldn't speed. Well, you know, how often do you not maybe go a mile or two over the limit? And then you have all these people who come through the town from out of town, and – you don't see these signs, unless you're really, really looking for these, oh, we have a speeding camera on your sign, uh, you're not going to really catch it. And sometimes, who's to say that, you know, there's a 
slight differences, thin line between a red light and a yellow light. I think that thin line goes in, in, in the uh, favor of the city and the money who they're trying to take from you. Now, some of the people will say, especially some of the black folk, you know, if, uh, don't get me started, but, well, if you just uh, obey the uh, law and don't speed and don't run red lights, you don't have nothing to worry about. Well, I, I, I get that. I get that. But a lot of Matt's point uh, had to do with the fact that when you are mailed this ticket, first of all, uh, you know, you're giving the ticket to a vehicle, to a person uh, who may not have even been in the car. That's kind of bizarre, even though some people will say, especially black folks will say, well, you get a ticket on your car when you violate a parking meter, too, and you're not in it. Well, okay, I get that. Okay, fine. Okay, all that being said, what Matt was kind of really saying is that when you get the ticket, you have 21 days to pay the ticket. 21 days, and if you don't pay the ticket in those 21 days, the fine is doubled. To me, that was the main point. The fine is doubled. And he went on to say, what other corporation or organization whereas Anything that you have to do with paying a monthly fee that if you don't pay it by a particular time, the fee is doubled. He was saying, and I agree, I mean, he's right, that, that, that the fees are will increase based on a certain percentage of this or that, but where do you go anywhere where if after X amount of time you pay double the fee, that is a bunch of bullshit what Chicago is screwing its people, especially the poor, because the well-off people, well, they ain't got to worry about that. 21 days, okay. I can take care of it by then. If it doubles, they're still doing okay. But what about the people living check to check? You can't even get a payment plan. The people... <laughs> that was the whole point. So, and we talked about this. I was on a Facebook uh Posting on Facebook, I forget on whose page it was, but I had some kind of stupid-ass Negro uh, who was talking that BS about, uh, well, how about if they just, you know, uh, don't speed and don't want red lights. But he stopped right there. He stopped right there. It didn't go any further. And that wasn't really the whole point. The whole point had to do with, you know, well, what do you feel about the fact that these fines are doubled un in an unprecedented way, unlike any other corporation or any other bill uh, collector or whatever? See, these are the kind of well, anyway. But that, that, that's, I wanted to piggyback off that and say that uh, that is unfair, and, and there should be a movement. There should be some type of movement instead of worrying about this damn Donald Sterling who said something. And, and the privacy of a personal conversation with his scumbag, with his uh, gold digger, with his hood rat, and we want to jump all over that. While this issue, as far as these traffic violation fees, you ain't saying shit. And then you wonder why we get no respect. Incredible. But anyway, that's the way it is, and that is the way we are. As much as I love us, we have some serious issues. 
and we just don't get it. We don't seem to want to get it. But yes, that that is something that people should wake up to, and uh, take take it to their alderman who voted for this crap. Straight up voted for it to do you this way. Y'all better wake up. And the same thing that they do as far as up and saying, well, why don't we just obey the law, is the same thing that some people will say when we hear about kids and our youth doing uh, some devious stuff out there. Uh, the first thing out their mouths is, it's the parents. It's the parents. I get it, and I've been really thinking about this, it's the parents thing. And uh, I have a different angle about it's the parents. And I'll share that with you when we come back. In a minute. Okay, we are back again, and before I uh, 
going to the next segment of the show, I do want to make a a moment to acknowledge another great, great person and a great organization that's doing great things right smack dab in the community of Chicago. Uh, I'm talking about Mo Better Jazz at the House of Bing every Friday night, 7.30 to usually about 11.30. Uh, at 6930 South Shore Drive at the House of Bing, featuring world-class jazz and an old-school element. Uh, The founder and CEO, Joe Stroder, along with Darius Lawrence, are doing a tremendous and masterful job in building up this, this club. It is a... uh, club that just has some of the just down-to-earth people that you want to be around there. Uh, You will feel at home if you are a good-minded individual. And everybody who comes into this club is. I love it. I love it. When I'm in town, uh, Saturday night, or should I say Friday night, and soon to be Saturday, uh, according to Joe, uh, I believe... uh, Early May, they're going to start doing Saturdays also. But right now, they're doing Fridays when I'm in town. The House of Bing with Mo Better Jazz is the place to be. It is free parking, good food, good drinks, just a totally good atmosphere, right smack dab in the community, right across from the uh, South Shore uh, Cultural Center uh, on South Shore Drive. There's 6930 South Shore Drive. I recommend you get there. Uh, don't think about it. It doesn't even matter uh, who that day's uh, musician or group is scheduled to be. You will not be disappointed regardless of who's performing that night. That is just the level of entertainment and the level of quality that uh, Joe Stroder and Darius Lawrence will bring into that uh, Mo Better Jazz uh, club. So I highly recommend show... Brother Joe, your love. Show Darius your love. Show yourself some love. Show your family. You can even bring your kids. You can bring your kids. Expose them to what music is really about, not this crap that they hear on radio stations. Show them real music. We need to get our music back. This is what Joe Stroder is doing. He's a masterful job. Alumni of South Shore High School, a Columbia School of, uh, of Broadcasting downtown Chicago. Darius Lawrence is also a product of South Shore High School. Uh, great brothers. If you go there, single them out, slap hands with them, express yourself, show the love that you will feel when you walk into this place, and let them know and let them feel that what they're doing is a great thing. Enough said. Mo Better Jazz, every Friday night, House of Bing, 6930 South Shore Drive. Soon to be on Saturday nights also. If you want to be a part of the uh, group on Facebook, just go into, uh, type in Mo Better Jazz uh, Chicago, and you can be connected with that group, and then you'll be uh, notified every week 
of each show, who's coming in, and so forth, and might even see a video clip, photos. It's just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. Summer's coming. Let's do, let's do this right. Let's show that we can come together and do something. All right? All right. And as I was saying uh, that I wanted to get back into uh, the parents, and I decided to bring this up on the show because I was had been thinking and thinking about it based on a Facebook dialogue I was having with a brother uh, when it had to do with me, me criticizing uh, the mayor and the police chief uh, as just, you know, not speaking out on the issue and the problems with the youth. I understand that they can't do everything. And I also understood what he was saying when, when he said, uh, well, maybe the parents should take control of their kids. And I get that. I get that. I understand that. That's a no-brainer. Of course, parents should take control of their kids. I responded with the fact that, well, you know, in this day and age, the kids are parents, too. The parents are kids. Now what? See, because most of the people will simply say, it's the parents, it's the parents, it's the parents. They should do this and that. And they'll stop right there. <clears throat> they'll stop right there. They have nothing else to say, but it's the parents. So uh, when I said that, you know, the parents are kids too, he responded with, well, what about their parents and the parents before that and then their parents before that? Okay, I get it. I, I hear what you're saying. And it made me think about it. And you know what I said? First of all, anytime somebody says it's the parents, what they're really talking about is black people with kids whose kids have gotten out of control. Black people, black parents whose kids have gotten out of control, who they can't handle. True facts, I understand that. I get all that. I'm not denying any of that. But if we want to talk about the parents, in addition to those parents who I just described, let's talk about some parents. Let's talk about the parents. See, because George Bush had parents. George Bush uh, never really had a job in his life. The system got him into presidency. He proceeded to screw up the country, uh, dropping bombs on uh, and occupying uh, countries uh, based on lies that he knew were lies. He was a, he was a liar himself. It's documented. This is not Keith Bledsoe making up nothing. It's documented. All you have to do is watch Fahrenheit 911 by Michael Moore. That's all you have to do. That's enough right there. Let's talk about George Bush. He had parents. Didn't they raise him better to not do the type of crap that he did when he was in office, to be better toward people? He's a parent himself. So let's talk about the parents. Let's talk about Dick Cheney. He had parents. He's a parent himself. Okay, parents, racist pig, liars. Knew 9-11 was coming, didn't do anything, lied about it, used it as an excuse to go 
and murder a democratically elected president of another country? Saddam Hussein? Killed his kids? Saddam Hussein's kids? Innocent women, children? Innocent men? Occupying a country all based on what he knew was a lie? What kind of parents did he have? Man, these parents are terrible. These parents, look, look, what these, look what this bad parenting has done to the country. How about the parents of Enron? The Houston Astros baseball park used to be named after Enron, but they come to find out there was so much corruption. I think some guys are still in prison as a, as a result of the corruption. What kind of parents did these guys have that they would uh, be so privileged to be in this position with a company and still not have the fortitude to be honest about what they're trying to do. They're, they're making, they're rich anyway. So what do they want? What did their parents teach them anything? Let's talk about the parents. So how about the parents of all those executives for General Motors that the United States government, Barack Obama, had to bail out from bankruptcy? Did their parents teach them any responsibility? Huh? See, they weren't born adults. They were kids. They were raised. Evidently, their parents did a piss-poor job on them. You know, how about the motion picture industry? How about Time Warner and its relationship with rap music? How about these white supremacists who are controlling the system to do exactly what it is doing to a lesser privileged people and paying them in order to spew poison and immorality and desensitizing these kids. What kind of upbringing do they have? How are they upbringing their own kids, if you want to talk about parents? These violent video games, what kind of parents are these? Are having these people who are inventing these violent games who they know poison the mind of our kids? They know this. If you want to talk about parents, this whole racist, supremacist system that has put the parents that they want to talk about, who are the black parents, who have issues with the black kids, and I get it, but so many, I wonder how they would have handled being as disenfranchised as the people who they want to put the blame on as being bad parents, knowing the systematic bullshit that they put out here on a people who have absorbed that to keep them in a position and put them in a position that they are in to have these supremacist mentalized individuals to say that it's the parents, it's the parents. So let's talk about the parents. Who's your daddy? Let's talk about the parents. Who, who, who's the parent of this country? White supremacy. Let's talk about the parent. Let's talk about the real parent. There's someone who's really in charge, who really wants things, who really controls what you do, and who tell you what to do and you do what they say, whether you like it or not. Let's talk about the system, the parent, who has the control 
if it wanted to, to bring things together amongst the people if they wanted to present and put out programs that would do such a thing, but they don't want to do that. They'd rather keep on putting out the poison and blame the people who are poisoned. That's crazy. It's all over the place. I'm sure you can you, you can think of some some people who are out there who are parents who've done a piss poor whatever and just brought this country down to its knees and screwed up everything. The Republican Party. All these people who, as soon as Obama got into office, President President Obama, the first thing out their mouths was uh, they're going to stop anything he tries to do. They want him to fail. Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, the Republican Party, and a few House Negroes, too. What, what kind of parents did they have? What kind of parents will raise a kid to be in a public office in the government of the United States and instead of working toward the people, will do all they can, regardless of whether it's good or bad, to bring down the president, regardless of the effect it even has on white people. There are their own people. What, what kind of parenting, what kind of upbringing do they have as a kid? And what kind of kids are they upbringing? If you want to talk about some damn parents, yes, I, I agree it's the parents, but it starts above where they want the line to be drawn, which is right there at black people and the issues that they're having with their kids, even though they're closing the school system, the school systems are worthless, black kids, uh, some of these black kids go to school, and even in the inner city, and don't see a black teacher throughout kindergarten through high school, it's mostly white females who are teaching our kids. And not that that's a bad thing. There's some great white teachers, female, whatever. But still, you know what I'm saying. I don't have to explain all this in detail. It is insane. But this is what they do. They keep you from putting food on the table, but then they want to criticize you for being hungry. And they keep it out long enough, and if you do something devious to get it, then, then you have a problem. put drugs in a, in a community, big time. They, they know it. Hell, if you know where the drug houses are, how in the hell are police and the FBI are not going to know? They know. But then you get a hold to them. Our people get a hold to them. They use them. And, you know, you get down and out. And depression can trigger all kind of reactions. And they know this. But, see, you have the problem. But, like I say, if you want to talk about the parents... Take it up a notch. Let's talk about Daddy-O, Big Daddy, who makes a decision. Who, who's in charge of this country? Mother America? Father racist supremacist? Yeah, I agree, it's the parents. But it's not the parents in the way that they have presented to us and mm -hmm. in, in, in the way that they... Uh, lead too many of us to believe ourselves. So I just wanted to get it out from that angle uh, and, and understand that it, it doesn't start with the parents. It, it, it starts with the system. It starts
starts with the system. That's my opinion. You've got a different opinion. You can always give me a call. 718-664-9513. And that is about it. I will close it out by saying, as always, that in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power, and I have a call coming in, so I'll hold off on that. I will take this call, and we'll see what's going on. Caller, are you there? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, sir. I can hear you loud and clear. But uh, what's your subject for tonight? I, I won't come in big talking off subject and big talking about something that you ain't talking about. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. My subject, I, I've had various subjects. Uh, my most recent one had to do with the parents and, and the blaming of the parents. I've talked about several things. What uh, What did you want to uh, pick up on? When you say the past, what are you talking about? The past as far as lo- uh, recent history, ancient history? Yeah, because well, I've, really really, I've got some questions I won't answer, you know, and I've been going through some things, and I, I, I need a perspective of somebody that ain't like me, and I decided I'd call in, and maybe you can help me. Sure. What, what, okay, what, what angle of perspective were you looking for from? Uh, what is it that you want? Of an African American, a black person. As it pertains to what? Pertains to my question, which has to do with I'm not feeling right. I mean, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. You know, I've been trying to get back, get myself right with God. Because I understand. You don't understand. I mean, I'm trying to get it through to you. No, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling you, but, I, but what, I really, what I'm really trying to get at is, is how, to, what response can I give you, and uh, what is it that you're looking for to understand from this perspective? Well, I've done a lot of bad things, to people in my life, and I don't feel right about it, and I feel like I need to get right with God. And so I don't what, what, what? I don't, I don't treat black folks right. I don't treat them right. I don't I, I look at them like they're not. Look, I think I'm, I'm born in a white family, and we grew up down here, and, and we don't deal with too much with colors. I mean, black folks. And, and, but, but God is showing me different stuff now. Well, let me let, let, let me ask you this. What? Let me ask you this. What? The, the perspective that you do have of black people now. Where, where did you get that perspective from? Where did that come? I got from? it from my. My family, my mama, my brothers, my uncles, my cousins, everybody in my whole community, everybody around me, man. I mean, it's, it's, it ain't no secret. Black folks are black folks, man. I, you know what we call you. We don't call you And what happened, what was the turning point and what happened within your life that got you to looking at things from a different angle? I'm, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old, okay. man. You don't, you don't have to pay for everything you do in life. And, man, I, I, I got daughters, man, and they like black folks, man. 
Like uh, you kind of your opinion and reaction as far as black people could be could easily be falling into a stereotype as far as I'm concerned because they are great black people. I mean, but what you see and what most of the world sees is the image of black people that is projected that you see on television, that you see on music, that you see on the media. So, man, we we know black people being stuck. We know about pyramids. We know about all that great stuff white people did, man. We know Jesus was Jesus was white, man. We know that. Come on, man. We know Jesus was white. We just can't tell you, Nick. I mean, you black. I'm sorry. Wait, look here, man. I just want an understanding that I can die in peace. And I, I don't want to die hypocrite. I don't want to hate my daughter. You're right. Can you get to me? I don't want to hate my daughter, but she got a black boy. And I how, how, how do you how, 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 how do you feel about, how do you feel about your daughter's relationship with the black man? You want to hear honestly, one hundred percent? Yes, sir. I hate it, man. I hate it. Um, do, do you do you hate do you do you hate it do, do you hate it for yourself or do you hate it for the impression it's given to? the people who are your family who surrounds you. You know how I'm going to look when I leave here. Anywhere I go, they going to say, Becky got a, a black. They going to say my name. I ain't going to say my name on there. Because I'm not sure. Look, they going to say I got a black. A black. I got a black in my family, man, and I don't. What am I supposed to do about that, man? And I love my baby. And I think it's time for me to change and go and accept the fact that blacks are here. And they're here to stay, man. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. You guys ain't going nowhere, man. You're playing basketball and, and football and, and you know, television everywhere. And, and you got these big black bodies and, and, and white folks like you, man. I like black women, man. Let me ask you this: what, 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 what part of the country? What part of the country are you? Are you down southern, I'm western? Where are you? Um, south, southwest. I mean, southeast, southeast, southeast. Southeast. Okay. Okay. So, so what? What? What do you? I had a black girlfriend one time, and my daddy. God damn it. I'm sorry, I don't want to curse on your radio show. No, 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 that's, that's fine, that's fine, that, my, that's fine, no problem. You can say what you want. He told me, he said, he said, look here, can I, can, I, can I be real with you? Isn't that how you guys say it, keep it real? Can I tell you right, what my right. daddy said? My Go daddy ahead, absolutely. He, he, he said, look here, don't you bring no niggers right here. I don't care. He said, you can sleep with any nigger you want to. You keep that nigger in your truck. You sleep with that nigger. Don't you bring that nigger over here. Don't you think you're going to marry no nigger. Ain't no niggers going to be in this family. 
not cry. Mm-hmm. I cry. I miss her. She's a nice girl. I'm just she's not. Her name was Josephine. Josephine. Mm-hmm. Josephine Smith. She's a nice girl. She was. She had a, a, a white grandmother. So she didn't look always black. She was almost. She was almost white. You might have thought. You might have thought she was white, except for her hair. She had a black poop of hair. But her face, you look at her, it looked almost white. But I, my question to you, how do I deal with this, man? Am I going to have to move and just take my daughter somewhere else? Because I can't live well, around I, here. If, well, my, 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 no my, I mean, no black. I can't, I can't, they can't run me out of here. I'll be glad to stop. I'll be glad to stop. Well. Let, 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 let me say this. My, 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 my opinion, I'll, I'll tell you what I tell uh, my own people and what I've had to tell myself, is that what, what, what you're going to have to do if, okay, this, this, is what you, this, this is my opinion. You're going to have to dig deep down with, within you, within yourself, excluding anybody else outside of you, and you're going to have to dig down within you and pull up all that dormant understanding and emotion that you have and that diverse attitude that you have. If you had a black girlfriend, then it's not so much that you hate black people. Now, maybe as far as I'm just going to look at it from that angle. You have to dig down within, and I understand that, but you have to dig down within you and find your soul and your spiritual power. You know what? I'm gonna tell you something, and this is this may sound way out the box to you, but have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz, the movie, the original? Me, yeah, I see The Wizard of Oz. I remember that. Okay, movie. see, but, 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 but exactly, see, see what that is about is that. Yeah, I watched it with my mom, my dad. Matter of fact, that's when I first started talking to Judge Fleet. He was on Easter. We was out at the church, and we went down there to the next church, and we was going to help him out. Judge Fleet, you were a He went to school with me because we had school black folks with us, and I remember that we became good friends. But the point, the, the, the point of that movie was that the point of that movie is that when when you look outside of yourself in a lot of cases, for solutions, you, you tend to get detoured all which and kind of ways based on somebody else's opinion and somebody else's uh, attitude as, as to who you should be. When everything that you're looking for as far as uh, uh, what you're asking me is all within you. you. You have to reach down within that. And you're saying you, you're trying to look out to God to find a resolution. Well, you know, your God is you. You can't look. You, you're looking out when you should be looking. When you should be looking in, you can't reach out. You got to reach into you, and pull out all that who you want to be and all that understanding that you want to have. And sometimes you have to disregard some of those close to you if they are contrary to what you feel within your heart and within your spiritual power is the right thing to do. But I must you see what, what if they're gonna have? They're gonna have some babies. Who's gonna what have babies? Your daughter. Okay, let me ask you this. What 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 does your what what does your daughter feel about the family's feeling towards her? 
She hates it. She likes black folks, man. She dresses like them. She, she wears black people clothes, man. She, she listens to black music, all that hippity hop. She, she likes it. Look here. She likes it. She likes it. She likes it. She likes it. And I, I used to like it. I used to listen to black music. I used to listen to black music. I used to listen to uh, the the Motown and all that there. I used to listen to it. I used, uh, that's why I know where it comes from. I used to like, I used to like, my daddy make me not like them. But if I, this is my dilemma, and this is why I told you. Okay. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to move? Am I, am I, I mean, I'm, that's my only option, man. I ain't going to be able well, to stay it, around here. It, it's, it's, what I'm getting from you is the sound. What I'm getting from you is it sounds like any effort to talk with your people regarding this matter is probably just uh, a lost cause, and nothing's going to happen as far as that's concerned. Is that correct? Man, come on, man. I, 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 I these what what I supposed to change the white world? Come on, I'm not. Well, I'm not gonna go in there and I'm gonna go to everybody's house and say, look here. This is my daughter. She got a black boyfriend, and she goes. No, no, no. They go. I no. mean, when I get it, they gonna look at me when I go to the store. They go, like, "Who's that?" He got a brown baby. I don't. I just don't know, man. I'm. I'm just. I, and I, I really. I want your perspective because you're a black guy, and I saw that it's a black guy show. And I, and I don't want to be racist or anything like that there. I don't want to right, go right. there. I don't want to be like that. I just want to understand him so I can be anonymously telling people, tell somebody how I feel about my baby. I love my baby, man. That's my baby. Well, does, does, does the, is the gentleman that she is with, does he, does he treat her right? Is he a good guy? Man, look here, man. He's a he's he's a black guy. It don't matter. I mean, yeah, he he treats her right. He don't beat her ass okay. or nothing like that. There. Okay. You know, okay. He, but he's he but, but he's but he right. bottom line bottom line is he's a black guy. That's he was bottom line. He's a black the guy. Damn, hanging off his ass, and he got them damn things in his head. The them, them twisted up flat flat things up there in his head. Yeah, and the music is always loud, and, and, and he's always smelling like pot. And I'm telling you, look here, you can't be ratting around smelling like pot with that boy in that car looking like that, making loud noise. You don't get pulled over. And then who's going to come get you out of jail? And everybody's going to know you got arrested with this boy. But I got to go, um, man. I'm, I, I, I'm gonna go home. Thank you for taking your time. Well, you're very nice. Hey, you, you hang, you hang in there. Like I said, you have to reach into, you have to reach into you, man. That's a, that's 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 who you know you have as yourself. You got to reach into yourself. And, 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 I mean, you keep telling me to look into me, and I know it ain't, it. I'll, I'll, if it was up to me, totally, I would let her do it. Who is it up to? Well, I'm gonna tell my cousin. What are we going to do? We can't go to family reunions no more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, I hear what you're saying. It's part of me. I'm going to get, I'm, it's, I, I got to go. I, I got to go. Bye.
Thank you. Hank, you hang in there, man. Here, you take care. Thanks for calling in. All right. All right. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay, that one caught me totally off guard. Uh, Just as I was about to close out, I just happened to see a number come up, and uh, I I was kind of hoping I got a follow-up call with that with somebody else who can almost help me out with that because, like I said, it caught me totally off guard. I did the best that I could. Uh, I'm I'm not a therapist or psychiatrist, but I I, I do uh, know what I have been taught and what I understand, but that was deep and a very, very genuine, heartfelt phone call and uh, from someone who uh, who is a, uh, sounds to me, like to be, have a racist mentality. Uh, like you said, it didn't matter how uh, the, the black guy treated his daughter. It was just the fact that he was black. Uh, I'm trying to uh, understand. I don't want to come out and be cold-hearted about it because he was already in pain, obviously. So the best thing for me to do to be understanding. Uh, who knows? Perhaps he watches the daytime television and uh, is a- affected by the stereotypes that are put out uh, about the black people uh, all day on television and perhaps brought into it. I don't know. I just know the, that was deep. That was deep. Uh, I'm going to uh, take the time now and pick up where I left off before that call came in. And I will say, in closing, in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power. Peace.
hurt nobody, Larry. 